welcome to everyone who is listening out there. Yes, that's you. That means you. And you. And you. And you. And me. And Oh, me too. Okay. We have the 23rd episode of the On The Movie Front podcast. Michael Michael Jordan episode, if you will. And I will. I forgot what you said for the last one. You always say something. We're going to try and, you know, come up. 21 was your blackjack. Oh, next week will be the Jack Bauer Power Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 24. (laughs) Interesting. Um, Yes, so... Congratulations, Mike, for making it 23 episodes. Well, congratulations to you, Rob. Thank you, Mike. For putting up with me for 23 <laughs> episodes. And it wasn't easy. Anyway, uh, so what do we got? What do we got today? We have an interesting episode, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, we're gonna do some uh, reviewing of the Harry Potter. Oh yeah, we did see that movie. We, yes. I'm pretty sure half the world saw this movie. At least half of the world. At least half the world. It did make a lot of money, and we'll get into that a little bit more later. Very soon, actually. You're right, we're not, <laughs> not going to take a break before we talk about that. But then, later on in the episode, we're going to have some questions and answers with Robert and Michael. Ooh. That's when we ask ourselves questions, and then we will ourselves answer them. I like it. I kind of feel like we, we talk, like, you know, we're talking to ourselves. In a way, we are talking to ourselves. We're talking to each other, if you, look, if you think about it differently. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'll think of it... Your way. Because talking to ourselves sounds crazy. And we're not crazy. We all get a little crazy sometimes. Oh. So let's go on. (laughs) (laughs) Movie news after that. And then, of course, we're going to play some movie games. Because, unfortunately, we weren't able to play some movie games last week. That's true. We need a double flick chart to make up for it. I think we have to. We were just too, you know, invested in our discussions of Midnight and Harry Potter and... Whatever movie that we watch, I forget. Horrible bosses. Aha! See, you're, the, you're someone's paying attention. You're the 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 brains in this outfit. The guru. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. All right. So Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part dose. Dose. That is, is two for all you Spanish illiterates out there. <laughs> or all you beer drinkers will know that it's a dose. For dose equis. <laughs> And Ekis is X. X is <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I did with my fingers here. Okay, so um, so this 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 is the last installment of the epic Harry Potter movie series, the final showdown. And of course, we know the books have been uh, concluded quite a, a while now. Yep. And they split the last book, the seventh book, into two movies. So this was the eighth movie, eighth and final chapter, as you can say. So that we've been seen these movies for the past decade. Yeah. And, uh... Ten years. Yep. Ten years. That is... We just watched them grow before our eyes, Michael. Yes. And in turn, we grew with them. Yes. Do you want to give... You want to <laughs> give the, t- the plot, or you want me to do it? Well, the plot's really basic. Um... Harry Potter and Voldemort face-off, <laughs> and that is the plot. Okay, what well, does a little bit more involved? <laughs> All right, so uh, Harry Potter and um, his crew have to find the final two Horcruxes, and, uh, well, I guess technically the final three Horcruxes. Uh, they only know about two, and they later find out about a third one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have to destroy those, and uh, so they go on a little bit of, you know... Can we just say that we're going to spoil the movie? Yeah, of And I'm course. pretty sure... A lot of people know what happens because they read the books. Right. And once again, Mike and I, we have not read the books. No. So we're strictly speaking about the movies and not what was, you know, 
left out from the books, or you know, we're not going to do any comparisons because we can't. We're just talking strictly about the movies. Right. I'm sorry. Continue, Michael. Okay. So they have to go and find these things, destroy them, and they, you know, in, in the meantime, they're protecting Hogwarts, and they're they know they're going to have this massive battle that's you know brewing, and Harry knows he's going to have to fight Voldemort. What did you think about the massive battle? Oh, we're going there already? Yeah, why not? Alright, let's do it. Um, I thought it was alright. I thought it Honestly, was fine. When I was, when I was going into this movie, from what I've read and from what my friends have been telling me that have read the book, they're just like, Rob, this movie's going to be almost entirely action. Yeah. So I kind of had that mindset. I'm just like, okay, okay. I am ready for all action. <laughs> and then, of course, there's, you know, the first 15 minutes of it is a little slow. You know, the, I mean, it, it picks off right where... The, uh, the the part one left off, and they're still trying to you know, g- gather their brains together and trying to figure out how they're going to find the other Horcruxes, how they're going to uh, you know meet with their friends and family, just 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 preparing themselves. So I was a little disappointed it wasn't all action a little <laughs> bit. I expected right off the bat, you know, wands being thrusted at each other, and but uh, no, it was good. Uh, I think it served as a better movie. That obviously it wasn't all action. No, right, right. You don't want all to be one pace. It has to be, you know, in and out. So, but it was good. I I I like the action a lot. I like no, the action yeah. A lot. I mean, it was definitely good. You know, a lot of the, you know, there was still comedy within the action. Lots of comedy. Yeah. Um, like for this one, there's this one scene, and I'm horrible with character names, but one of these kids, you know, has to go down and protect the bridge. And uh, so a whole army of people comes running at the bridge, but then they start disintegrating because there's like a force field around the whole of Hogwarts. And he's standing there and he goes, you know, oh, what? You know, come and get me. And he's just egging them on standing there. And I thought that was hilarious. Right. I think that character's name is Neville. Yeah, um, Neville, yeah. Not mistaken. I do have to say, um, through all the flashy special effects during these uh, battle scenes, I feel that... Um, well, I, I feel like the movie did a couple interesting things. Mm-hmm. For first and foremost, when um, during uh, the main battle scene, and of course, like we're talking about the battle scene. The battle scene doesn't really happen until the second half of the movie. We kind of skipped the first half, but we we, we nothing the really happens in the first half, honestly. Yeah, it's just the majority of getting the stuff reacquainted with the, the the trio, the friends, and they're just doing their things, trying to find these Horcruxes yeah. and stuff. But I feel like. It was a little, little quick, a little like anticlimactic, but I feel like that's the way the deaths happen in Harry Potter because it's not like it's not like you really thrust a knife into someone's heart and they die, they they die slowly. It's right. just like I wave my wand and then you disintegrate. Like there's no time. Yeah. So I feel like Bellatrix's death uh, was very just like okay, so she's dead. Like, like I expect that to be a lot more epic. No, that's who. That's uh, Helen, Helena okay. Bonham Carter. I thought so. I just well, right, right, I honestly didn't even know her name in the movie. <laughs> I just was like, oh, that's Helen. <laughs> no, it's very strange because throughout the past two, maybe three movies, she was like a very big character. She was like that completely crazy, evil woman yeah. that, that escaped from you know the prison, and then she's just like, she, she's killing all of Harry's friends and stuff like that, and I'm just like, there's going to be some crazy showdown where um, you know, someone's going to step up yeah. and have to kill her. And uh, it was Ron's mother. Mom. <laughs> we didn't even really know practiced magic or was any good at it. See, that's that's another thing that I was interested about. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I mean, it kind of makes sense though because, like, before you say what you're gonna say, like, we don't know a lot about these good characters. You know, we don't know how much magic they do know or don't know, but we know that they don't go around using it willy nilly. 
So I mean, it kind of makes sense in that aspect that, like, oh yeah, you wouldn't really know how powerful she is because she's not the not the evil person going around using it for bad things. That's she true. just kind of holds on to it and it's like, only when in need am I going to use these, these. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Totally agree. And but but yeah, it did kind of take me off guard. All of a sudden, Bellatrix is dead from the the, the wand. Right. Of Ron's mom, and <laughs> it sounds so lame. It sounds very lame, <laughs> but yeah. And so there, there was her death, and I feel like it was interesting as well when they didn't really show too many of the other characters' deaths until you know they were picking up the bodies. At the, uh, remember when they showed Ron's brother? Yeah, and he he died. Yeah, I forget which one because they're twins, but one of them dies. Yeah, I don't know. And that was sad, but in a way, it wasn't too sad because. We I get mean, to see it I didn't happen. get to see it happen. I'm, I'm wondering why he didn't disintegrate. Um, I'm thinking maybe they edited that that out of the movie for time or something like that. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe it was never planned to be shown. But I remember hearing from people who read the book that that was a major point, mm-hmm. a big thing that happened in the book. I could see that happen. They could have definitely drawn that out a little bit more. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But overall, the 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 action sequences were. Like always, impressive. Yeah, and I saw it in two D. Did you see it in two D? I saw it in three D. Honestly, saw it in three D. So let's. I think we could talk about this a little <laughs> bit now. So how was it three D? Especially during the fighting scenes. Eh. Eh. You know, it was whatever. You know, I, it I, didn't make it worse though, did it? No, I mean it can't make it worse. It's just like it's so un unneeded. It just it it really does so little for the movie. Because I remember watching it, and there was never really a moment where I'm like, oh, that's where they're using some 3D technology right there. W- was it shot in 3D? I don't even know this. Or was know. it just shot in 2D and then converted to 3D for I more money? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't there were certain things that were very 3D. What, uh, what theater did you see it? Just, just oh, well, in you South remember? Jersey. I oh, went, you I went to see some, it oh, some regal theater in <laughs> South Jersey. <laughs> Because uh, I was down uh, visiting a friend for our art show slash oh, okay. AC trip, so nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I was, I was one of three people in my theater at a 10 a.m. showing because down in South Jersey, there's not a lot of people out there. Oh, and it's, okay. You know, so I was gonna say I went at 10 a.m. as well. Did you? Pretty sure it sold out. Really? Yep. Wow. I, I I went in right before the the uh, the preview started, and since I went by myself, I was able to snag a pretty good seat. Nice. But people had to sit in the, in the bottom row. I had my pick of the litter, <laughs> <laughs> and then some. <laughs> of course, there was like literally three other people. One of them sat right in front of me, and of I just course. I had to move because I was just like, this is, makes no sense. <laughs> I was like, of all the seats, you sat. Directly in you know, front it's of me. because you picked such a good seat. I mean, and I that did person wanted the second seat. best seat. I understand that. In the but house. I had to move. You did it to yourself. It's like when someone stands in the, the corner of the elevator, and then someone just stands right next <laughs> to you in the elevator. All right. Well, let, let's get back to a couple more like plot points before we go back to the three D, two D stuff. Um, you know, like. All right. Overall, I, l- I liked the movie. I mm-hmm. thought it was good. Uh, the final battle scene, I was a little disappointed with. Right. That happened way too quickly. It. Uh, I agree. It there was, was a like lot of. They did such a good job at building. Up. I mean, the whole seven movies are about this build up to this massive fight. Obviously, the anticipation is high. We know it's going to be Voldemort versus Harry at the end. Right. And then essentially it winds up not even mattering whether or not they were locked in their wands or whatever. It just kind of something that happened beforehand is what kind of just disintegrated Baltimore and Harry didn't really have to do much. 
No, he didn't. He didn't have to do much. He actually he didn't do much. Couple of. You I know. wonder how that was in the book, though. I wonder if it was a lot more epic. Actually, I did hear. Did you hear anything about friends talking about the last nope. battle? I heard from a friend who has read the books. She said that the last battle when and when Harry and like Voldemort are about to face off, I think they're in front of an entire crowd. Oh, cool. They're like in the like the main hall. Yeah. And if Voldemort wants to kill everyone. But Harry is like sacrificing himself, almost like his mom sacrificed for him. Like he's just like he cares about everyone or whatever. So he's stopping Voldemort from killing everyone because of his, you know, what he's doing. And then they, you know, do a final showdown, and it's like in front of like an entire hall of people. Interesting. So that that sounds a lot more epic than you know, in the corner of the <laughs> in the front of the Hogwarts that's already you know, pissed to crap. That's not even an expression, but I'm going to start using it. <laughs> pissed to crap. But um, I agree. I agree. It could have been. There was this, like, and I'm going to. This is major spoiler, so if you really dun, have not dun, seen it, just dun. stop listening right now. But okay, so they, they're fighting. They're, you know, they send their. You know, Harry sends his, his red ray, and Voldemort sends his green ray, and they're, like, battling. And all of a sudden, like, Harry overpowers him, and, and the red ray goes into Voldemort's hands, and he's, they start turning black. And then you think, or I felt like, oh, Harry Potter's going to shoot one more final beam, just and Voldemort's just going to explode, and that's going to be it. And I'm just watching as ever so slowly, over 30 seconds, Voldemort just disintegrates into ashes. And I'm just like, oh, oh, I guess he's dead. <laughs> so anticlimactic. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, all he had to do was just one more beam, and I would have been... Sa- I think everybody would have been pretty happy. You would have had the the nice round of applause uh, when that happened. Which, I'm gonna say, since you didn't see it in a packed house, like... No, I would have no to say, clapping. yeah, there's, there was a lot of those moments when Neville chops the snake. It was like, yeah! And oh, stuff really? like that. It was intense. Wow. It was really intense watching it. The, the, the lady next to me was crying half the movie. It was crazy. Wow. But, but I agree. Overall, the whole movie it moved too fast. I mean, for too too fast. Yeah, it just it just everything was like, oh, like the you know, um, Ron and Hermione. Naomi. Hermione. <laughs> oh, so bad. Hermione. Like they they had two little missions, two little side stories they had to do. And they do them so easily. They find this Horcrux and bam, they kill it, and that's it. Then they. <laughs> I did feel like they found them way too easily. <laughs> so well. simple. But at the same time, I get like, yeah, well, and then yeah, they they kill the snake like without really even trying. Well, it was just one of those you know convenient things where Neville Super is convenient. right there, right when the snake's about to bite him, he goes hiya. Yeah, I mean and that whole whole process him. was just like, oh, okay, great. Were you um? Okay, I guess we can go into the, the the main spoiler in the film, which I thought was the best scene of the entire film. Voldemort, uh, uh, Dumbledore. Well, no, okay, Snape. Wait. Snape being his father. Well, no, well, in, in the sense where um, that's what I gleamed from it. They don't t- outright tell you that, but that's what you you agree, right? Snape's his father, Harry's father. I don't, I don't think he is his father. Really? Because. I think he is. <laughs> I really think he is. This is why I wanted Phil to be here. <laughs> I asked him, and he couldn't be here because I knew our our last episode of Harry Potter talking was a little bit Snape, shady. Snape is, you know, he gives the tear and to, to Harry, and Harry, you know, watch. Which the, I'm saying that is that was my favorite scene. The, of the whole, that ten film. minutes. I thought that was like, awesome. There's the recapping. The, of it was like the revelation of Harry finally understanding what he has to do and why everything has been happening. 
So, but, okay, so what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, during those those sequences of shots when, you know, Snape and, and Dumbledore are talking and stuff like that, he just, like, he says these little, like, clues about stuff and how he's loved the mother the, all this time and, mm-hmm. and things. And I, rem- I wish I could remember the dialogue specifically, but he says something, you know, about how, you know, you have your mother's eyes and, like, I don't know, it just it just felt like that, you know, he's he's Harry's father. And it's not, like, Harry's okay, actual just, father. If that was the case, that went over my head, and I, I'll admit that right uh, now. Well, maybe so I'm there, reading too much into it. I don't know, I don't know, because um, cause we're, we're sort of in the dark with these movies because we don't know the, 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 the descriptions that happen in the, the book. So everyone, and even people who have read the book that saw the movie was like, Rob, did you get this part? Because I feel like they didn't explain it that well. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean by this? But, I don't know, I took it as, you know, yeah, Snape loved Lily, which is Harry's mom, the entire time. But, like, you know, he kind of, like, hated Harry's father because he's the one who got her. But throughout, throughout everything, you know, Snape was engrossingly upset about what Voldemort did to Lily and understood, you know, and it kind of took Harry's side the whole time. And, like, the whole... It blew my mind It blew my mind when Dumbledore was like, you have to kill me so you can get on Snape's side. That was awesome. And, um... It was really... I, I, I thought that that scene, that montage of memories were, were really well done. Yeah, just like Just like the first film when they when they went back and they they, they uh, described the Deathly Hallows story. Like, wh- whenever they do that, yeah, it's really yeah, it's well really done. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool, yeah. And uh, it was ju- it was just cool seeing that, seeing like you know little Harry and little little all those little actors grow up, and uh, just seeing little snippets throughout all the past movies that we've seen. So yeah, that was that was very well done. And did you did you did you cry during this movie, Michael? No. Did you cry? You didn't cry. No, I didn't think it, it was sad. sad. Was did sad. you cry? I was I was almost tearing up until I realized. This is Harry Potter. He's not going to die. <laughs> In my uh, head, I'm just like, what part were you tearing up at? When he was, when well, actually, with the whole realization when he finds out that he has to die, right? Because he is the sixth or seventh Horcrux, and then when Hermione, I mean, I think he's technically like the eighth Horcrux because they knew about seven, and then he was one that right. that Voldemort or nobody else knew about. Right. So it was it was th- that uh, that interaction between Hermione. And Harry was a little strange because I feel like if I, if my friend, if I knew my friend was going to die, I would, I would, I would like kind of want to spend a little bit more time with. Him. That was something else too. Like, how did they really understand what Harry was saying? That seems well, a little I, like I think ridiculous. Would, yeah, Harry <laughs> says something in the line, or something really quick, but something in the line like, "I think you've known all along as well." To yeah. Hermione. <laughs> so I think, like, just from saying that, I think Ron was absolutely oblivious. I don't think he knew where. I was like. In his eyes, he's just like, why are you guys so upset right now? Which is a little funny to me. Yeah, and but she knows, but uh, there's like no way knows. she could have known. Yeah, you kind of just expect that, because she's just, she just doesn't know it all about the, throughout the whole series. Okay. But but the the scene where he's talking to like his parents' ghosts, and all, yeah, all the people yeah. that, that was the moment when I, I was tearing up a little bit. I was like, this is, it's just it's like so sad saying goodbye. He's like, just stay, just stay close to my heart. I need you guys right now. Like, yeah. It was really... I thought, I thought that was really well done as well. Yeah, I did. I mean, this is a, something that maybe they explain better in that book. But that whole he he finds the resurrection stone, which is in the little thing that he won from a tournament or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I forget where Dumbledore gives him, and he's like, you know, when Norman dies, dies, he gives him gives that, 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 that snitch or whatever, yeah, the golden yeah. snitch. And uh, the the resurrection stone comes out of there, and it, you know, he holds it, and he sees his parents, and then he drops it, and I guess he absorbs the power of it. 
That's the only thing I could I, gl- I gleaned I, from that. I asked someone this, and they said the res- resurrection stone wasn't used. Like, technically, Voldemort doesn't actually kill him. Right. He I ends up killing the Horcrux Crux. that he was. Right. So the whole time, Harry Potter wasn't dead at all. Right. And you see that because when Draco's mom comes over to him and is like, you know, check. like yeah. you see his eyes moving, mm-hmm. so you know he's not dead. Right. But it's confusing. It was confusing to us. It was. <laughs> because I have to before admit. that, there's the interim where he's up in White Cloud Land talking to Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's like, you know, you have a choice. <laughs> you can die. <laughs> you can go back, you know? Which seemed to me like resurrection, which I thought meant the stone was being used. Right, which I, I when I first saw it, too, yes, exactly. I assume that's what happened until... I mean, maybe that's the way they meant it in the movie. Yeah. Sometimes they could switch it up a little right. bit. But yeah, you're right, you're right. But yes, I agree, that part was a little foggy. Um, but, overall, I thought it was a, a fantastic film. I had lots of fun watching it. It was a it was a great way to end such an epic journey that Harry Potter went through. And I feel like, yeah, it was kind of like, it, it wrapped up, it just, it just drew out all my emotions throughout the past decade into this final chapter of the film. And, yeah, I can't... I, I really, really did enjoy this movie. Okay. What so, would you rate it? Oh, I already... I, I have it in my mind. Do you want to look at your past ratings to... Well, I want to see what you're going to rate. I'm rating it an 85. Are you serious? I think it's the best movie I saw this year. Get out of here, Rob. Are you crazy? Why? I loved it. I just... I loved every single thing about it. I thought it was awesome. And it's definitely going to be nominated for a, a Best Picture Oscar. Now. I don't know. I had a lot of problems with it, you know? I really didn't have too many problems with it. And I thought it was the strongest... Definitely the best movie I've seen of Harry Potter, and I think it just it just compiled up. I think because it was the last one, I am a little bit biased because I feel like it's like I knew this was like the the, the last chapter. Everything's coming to an end, and, and because of that, all my fe- feelings and emotions for this movie were heightened. But I think they played into it really well, and they just I, I was I completely one hundred percent satisfied. Just with a this couple movie. like my minor issues with it is just like. Like I said, you know, everything happened too easily. Like Hermione and Ron found the things easily, and like Harry, it just seemed like everything was just but that's going happened so throughout fast. the entire series. Uh, I don't know if that's so true. It is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like then Hermione like, just, like something that else that bothered me is just like during all, when all these people have died, and it's like Harry didn't seem to care too much. Like I felt like he should have been more depressed, more sad, upset about all these. The fact that he's killed so many of his friends. Friends of parents, you know what I mean? Like, and Hogwarts is basically a pile of rubble, yeah. you know. And, and they just kind he's of been like through a lot. He's, he's used to this. It's kind of like why wasn't like Frodo so upset that he killed basically half a million, you know, of his friends as well. So it's like I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem with those things. And I mean, I like the ending. Then the 19 years later, that was kind of funny. <laughs> I love that. That, that stuff was good. I was wondering like the whole time how like af- after he. Which I kind of cracked up when he had the the sword, uh, the uh, wand, the pow- most powerful wand. The other wand. And yeah. Ron's like, "What are you gonna do? We can do. <laughs> we could be invincible." And he just breaks it and throws it in the river. Just like the Lord I was of the cracking Rings, up. Man. Yeah, yeah. Just like the that Rings. was really funny. Um, and then yeah, you see that that 19 years later, and they're they're there, and that was kind of a cool scene because that like really made you think of the first movie. Definitely, know? it was really cool. And they did, they, they did a really good job with that. So I I definitely liked the way it wrapped up too. I want to give this movie a 75. 
I did not think it was as good as you did. I definitely enjoyed it. I really do think it was, you know, definitely one of the better Harry Potters. I still like the Prisoner of Azkaban better. Um, so yeah, cool. Give it a seventy-five. Excellent. Well, Harry Potter, you know, farewell. Excellent series. Excellent eight films. They're really, I mean, like we said last week, there hasn't been an epic movie like this in a while or ever. Um, to some extent, mm-hmm. I mean, we compare, you know, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and even Star Trek, James Bond, those type of series. But yeah, Harry Potter does something, and I, I'm afraid we're not going to see another Harry Potter maybe for the rest of our lives. Oh, of course not, right? I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. The Boy Who Lived come to DVD soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like another movie like Harry Potter. Oh, oh, like an epic journey like that. Ew. Um. Cause like I mean, this was r- these books hmm. were written not too long ago, and like, well, I, I mean, what about like, like the what about like the Game of Thrones, like that TV series? Uh, I would think that that's definitely got the right. Possi- that, that feels kind of right. Like, you so know, if they like make a movie into that, then we can talk about it. It's only it only qualifies if it's on film. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, because there's a lot of epic TV shows. It's filmed on film. Does that make a difference? No. No. Theaters, theaters, box office, grosses, revenues. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna take a short break, and we're gonna be back with some Q and A and movie news. All right. Stay tuned. time with Robert and Michael. That's right. Okay, so our first question it has to do with the box office, and we know that Harry Potter broke a lot of damn records this past weekend. I think it had, what, midnight? Highest, highest midnight opening, highest weekend opening. Um, I think the pre-sales for midnight, I think it was, I think it actually had the highest Friday as well, you know, just a whole bunch of records it broke. So, I, interesting question to ask. Because of this, do you think Harry Potter will be the all-time highest-grossing film by the end of its run? That's a good question. <laughs> you like that question, don't you? Um, but let's just say, in one weekend, yes, uh, it broke the Dark Knight's record of two years ago when it made $155 million. Harry Potter, this one made 168 a little bit more than $168 million domestically. Quite impressive. Worldwide, I think it's already at half a billion dollars. <laughs> Which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it. That is. Um... So yes, it's uh, looking at the all-time high-grossing films. You know, we have Avatar, which is very recent, with 760 million, and second to that is Titanic with 600 million. And I just wrote this down, Michael, that Harry Potter's uh, highest-grossing film yet was the first one that actually only grossed. Well, I can't really say only, but <laughs> it grossed 317 million dollars. Yeah, wow. So we can. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting question because this is like we said the movie event of the year. Yeah. This is Harry Potter coming to a conclusion. People who haven't even seen Harry Potter is going to see this movie, right. and people still want to see this movie again. And we predicted that this movie would make three hundred and fifty million. Right. Domestic. We we threw around yeah, we threw that number around. 
350, I think it was. Right. That's what we and said. So it's already made 168. Right. After three days, I'm I'm sure. I don't even know what today is. It's a Tuesday. It probably made over like 200 by now, easily. It's it's definitely getting there. If it's not there. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Talk, yeah. I guess we can talk about the competition this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Captain America's coming out. Captain America, Friends with Benefits. I don't um, think Friends with Benefits is really going to affect the Harry Potter yeah, crowd. Definitely not. But the Captain America crowd could definitely, they could, you know, seep over. And a lot of people who might want to go see Harry Potter this weekend might opt to see Captain America instead, or vice versa, you know. So it's going to be interesting. Like, I don't know. I don't think it was smart in, in the minds of the Captain America. should have pushed it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, at least one week. Like, well, why, yeah, why this weekend, right after Harry Potter? Like, who would want to put their movie out during or after Harry Potter. Especially because there's not that many strong movies coming out for the rest of the summer. They're really... They're not. You're right about that. There's some lame comedies and... Yeah, the, it, it seems like, you know... Nothing really that... To optimize on the uh, amount of money... Yeah, Final Destination is probably going to make more than Captain America because of the... It, it, you could very well be right. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. To look at these movies such as, you know, Avatar, Titanic, even The Dark Knight, uh, those movies... What they have in common is the the lasting power. You ha- you can't just have a regular month, two month max run and make this much money. These movies are top ten for at least four or five months, like half a year. Right. And usually, nor- regular movies in in a half a year time, they're out on DVD already. Right. Right. So, right. does this movie have the lasting power? That's pretty much what it comes down to. Does Harry Potter, The Deathly Hallows Part Two, have the lasting power? I think. I, I think the short answer is no. I don't think that it will beat Titanic. I think it might get up there. It, I mean, it maybe might get up to the 500 range, but I don't think it's going to get... Titanic was one of those movies that people saw 13 times. And while I do think people will go see this movie two, three times, it's just not going to equate to the same finances. Um, even though you still have, like, ticket prices are increased, and... 3D prices are increased, but this movie this weekend, I don't know if you know this, only 45% of the ticket sales of the, of the gross was th- 3D movies, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to me. The fact that more than half of the people who want to see this movie saw it in 2D, and that's where its money came from. And I would say even more so, because when you look at the prices, right, if it's 45% of the gross is 3D, but the prices are higher, so like maybe like 60 to 65% of the people that actually went to see this movie saw it in 2D. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what I'm saying. I, I agree with that. Um, and I feel like that number for the 3D is even going to drop even more these coming up weekends because I feel people were forced to see movies in 3D because maybe the 2D ones were already sold, sold out. out. Right. So I'm thinking the more and more people have the chance to, they're going to pick 2D because... Like we said, this 3D trend is kind of going, you know, downhill from here. Yeah, and this is something that, like, you know, when, when people see that this movie, is 3D sales were not good, you know, in comparison to all other uh, 3D sales, they're going to like, okay, well, <laughs> if they don't want to see something like this in 3D, they're not really going to see want to see other things. And no it just shows the marketers that this is not going to be a lasting trend. Right, right. And no one's saying, like, oh my god, you have to see Harry Potter in 3D. No. The only film that really has done that was Avatar. And I'm not even sure if that was in 2D, was it? I don't uh, even know. It, it had to have been, but I still. I don't think it was. I mean, to be I wouldn't honest. be surprised, because that was the movie where it's just like, oh my god, you have to see this in 3D. Now, Captain America is shot in 3D. Okay. And when you watch the preview, it looks really good in 3D. 
it's uh, it's like the first movie that I've kind of watched and been like, wow, that that could be that looks like it's going to be really cool. And so I'm kind of interested to see. Are you going to see it in 3D? Yeah, I'll probably. That it's probably the first movie I want to see in 3D. Nice. Only because like they, you know, when when they go about it like that, like at least I know that they're trying <laughs> and they're not up right, when up you, converting it or exactly. whatever. When it's when it's said to be shot in 3D, you're like, okay, you know, they actually had this in mind. Right, while right. This is it. this is the way they want you to perceive this movie. I agree with you with this whole Harry Potter business because. I mean, like, yeah, like you said, people saw Titanic a lot of times. Even Avatar, people saw... I, I even saw it twice in the theaters, okay? Yeah. I never really seen too many movies twice in the theaters. And so, I want to say, because the whole Harry Potter saga ended book-wise so long ago, people kind of already had their closure from it. So now just seeing it, getting closure again... Like, you're not... I don't, I don't see too many people seeing this movie more than twice, three times. Mm. And uh, I don't want... I'm not going to see it again. You know, when it comes out of DVD, but I'm not going to see it in the theater again. So, yes, uh, I don't think it's going to have the lasting power to compete against Avatar or Titanic, but I do agree with you. It's going to be the, uh, the highest-grossing Harry Potter film of the franchise. Let me ask you a weird question. I love weird and questions. And this is just kind of something I thought of. Do you think if they were to, like, re-release The Dark Knight in theaters, I think a lot of people would go... Right now? Yeah. I think a lot of people would go see it. Because it's one of those movies that is just... It's just so loved in 3D or just regular, whatever. Uh, regular, either way. I say I, I just think I. The, my reason I'm thinking about this is like, you know, that movie I think made 500 million domestic around there, yes. You know, something like that. I think it holds a third place title right now, or possibly the fourth. I think place fourth. Title. Yeah, I think Star Wars is third. And I, I think like it's one of those movies like I feel like they could put it in New York, LA, Chicago, a couple places. I think they would sell out a couple of showings. Not all of them, obviously, but I think it's one of those movies that. It's so good in a in a theater setting that people would want to go see it again. I would agree with that. I mean, yeah, you don't give it a, a wide release again. Right. You just right. re-release it in the theaters, and yeah, people will see it. I mean, that they they, they have done that with Avatar. They they've done that with a couple of movies here yeah. and there. And um, didn't didn't you see a screening of a movie that like Groundhog Day or something like Airplane. that? Like, Airplane. See, I mean, yeah, you're always gonna have people that want to see. But like Airplane is a movie that you don't need to see in the theater. Right, I right, just kind of right. wanted to, and like it didn't sell out. Like right. there was only sixty to seventy five people in the theater. I think it was cool. I think the only thing that might hurt the Dark Knight right now is just that it was it was too soon. I feel like if you maybe wait down the line a little bit longer. I don't longer. know, man. I, it's one of those movies that everybody's always watching on TV and DVD, and you always hear people, oh, I just watched the Dark Knight again for the ninth time. I really think it's like if they... It, Probably. It's just, it's, just, it's just one of those movies, and there's not many of them. I mean, they had... They, they showed... They had a whole Harry Potter week-a-thon. Oh, right. They showed every single movie leading up to the final movie, and a lot that sold a lot of tickets as well. Of course. So, yeah, no. I mean, if, yeah, if there's any movie to do that, Dark Knight would be uh, a perfect movie for I that to happen. I just wonder if it could gain enough money to get into third place. <laughs> it's not going to gain that much money. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Then moving on. Talking about Captain America, let's stay with it. Will Captain America become the highest-grossing superhero film of this summer? And we already talked about how it's kind of at a disadvantage already because yeah. it's being released right after Harry Potter. But all it has to do is beat Thor that has $179 million. And that that's not that out of the question for it. This is, I think, the last superhero film of the summer, I want to say. That's, I want to say you're right. Okay. <laughs> Good. And um, so we have Thor with 179. We had X-Men First Class, 143 million. And then Green Lantern with the disappointing 112 million. You know what's funny about that is... The quality of X Men and Green Lantern, in my opinion, are they're both better movies than Thor. 
I think it's funny that they go both earned less. Especially X-Men. I thought that that would have earned guess, more. Yeah, than I guess Thor. we could say... Th- I guess the only reason for that is that Thor was the first first one. Thor was technically the first summer movie. Wow, it shows you the power of being... That, that first Everyone wants that out. first. I mean, when I- Iron Man was the first, you know, summer movie, and no one expected it to be, you know, good at all, but it made like I think a hundred million that first weekend, and I was even surprised. I'm like, oh, people like uh, people like Iron Man, I guess. Yeah. So, will Captain America beat out Thor for the top superhero film of the summer? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Just based on the fact that Harry Potter is still going massively strong. It's going to be very hard for Captain America too, but I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like compared to th- not not X Men. Well, maybe I don't there's know. no way, D- Rob. It's not gonna. Happen. I don't know. Thor and Green Lantern and Captain America. I feel Captain America is the most famous out of all, the most popular. Yeah, but it's just like nobody's talking about the movie. That is true. No one is talking about the movie. <laughs> so I don't know. You think it's at least gonna be good? I think it's going to be good, but I, I have a feeling... I think they kind of went wrong, perhaps, in ca- casting Chris Evans. Oh, you don't like Chris Evans in this? I like him. I just don't think he's got a drawing power, and people are not really impressed. You know? I don't know who I would have gone with instead. I'm just saying, like, I think that it's created this persona that it's just not going to do well. well. The guy in Thor doesn't really have a drawing power, either. Right, I know. Like we said, it was the first movie. If, yeah. if you switch Captain America and Thor around, yeah, probably flip flops. I, I would imagine that Captain America would have done phenomenally well. I would say. Let's see. We could see. We could. We could say like Harry Potter is gonna make another seventy, eighty million this uh, this weekend. Captain America has to be number two. I, I don't know. Captain America might might surprise us, but I guess you're right. One seventy nine is kind of high for Captain America to get to. You think it's gonna beat X Men? I, I don't. I don't think it's gonna beat any of them. Maybe Green Lantern. I think it'll be Green Lantern. We'll have to see. Yeah, we will see. And final question. The final question. Why is Cars two in line to become Pixar's least grossing film since A Bug's Life? Why? Because <laughs> they picked the worst movie to make a sequel of, and. It is bad, I've heard. Right, I mean, I I wrote this here. It it has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score out of any Pixar film, but I think Cars 2 had a very impressive opening weekend, one of the highest opening weekends of any Pixar film, and all of a sudden it just fizzled out. Was it because the word of mouth got around that it wasn't that good? Was it because other movies that followed it were just that much better than that? I mean, we didn't, I didn't see, did you see it? Cars? Yeah. Cars yeah. 2? Oh, no, I did not see Cars 2. Yeah, we didn't see Cars 2, so... I think its biggest problem is it's based off NASCAR. And... <laughs> <laughs> but isn't NASCAR the biggest sport in America? Biggest attended sport, not watched on TV. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it. It's, it's probably one of the lowest watched sports on TV. Okay, I mean, I don't know because I don't watch it. <laughs> but, uh... They don't, they don't always televise all the races. Televised the big ones. And the it's big on, ones. It's always on like Fox. Yeah, but I mean, do you know how many races there are? There's a lot of races. <laughs> are there? They race almost every weekend. Yeah, but like like major races. There, I think there's something like 40 major races. Interesting. Okay. I don't know anything about NASCAR, so we're going on Michael's word right now. Because they get like three to four points per win, and they always end the season with like four, uh, 120 points, something like that. Okay. So you do the math there. But um. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because Cars is easily one of Pixar's most lucrative franchise with, you know, all the toys that they come out with. And even the first one, I didn't like it too much, but it's easily the most kid-friendly, aside from Toy Story, and, like, I, I've never seen a kid without a Lightning McQueen car in their hand. So it, it, it's strange that... Maybe that's its problem. Maybe it's too much for kids, and the parents, you know... Don't really want to go see yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like, like we didn't want to go see it because right. I, I was excited for all of these more adult-friendly uh, films that Pixar has been bumping out the last yeah. years. But hopefully, next year's Brave is you know suits us better. Okay, so that's good. Movie news. Movie news. It's time for some movie news. What is going on in the movie world? All right. Uh, there is word that Emma Watson, the star, one of the stars of Harry Potter, since she's done with Harry Potter. She's kind of looking around to see what's going on. She is slated to star in Guillermo del Toro's film Beauty and the Beast. A now, new adaptation. this is only being produced by Guillermo del Toro. I'm not actually sure what it is. It's positive? Uh, yes. I mean, he might I be read writing this, it. Too. I read this article. Well, really? I mean, things could change, obviously, yeah. they, and they always do. Yeah. As of right now, I think he's only producing it. Rob's going to do some fact-checking on it. If I could find it, I'm not even sure if I could find this. Because it, I think it's very pre-production right now. Well, if you look on Slash Film, right, that's where I saw it. So anyway, while Rob's looking that up, uh, I, I would be very excited if Guillermo del Toro did write and or direct this, because it's right up Guillermo del Toro's alley. He is definitely the kind of person that does these fantasy stories really, really well. He creates an excellent world, uh, awesome visuals, and, and it tends to be really dark. And I feel like Beauty and the Beast is possibly one of the darkest Disney films. Uh, I was kind of scared of the Beast. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. everybody really has been. Uh, so I would really, I would love it if Guillermo del Toro directed it. I would think that would be awesome. But I'm pretty sure, like I said, he's just producing it. Yeah, you're right. Let's say produced for now. But then a lot of other sites are just like, we know nothing but this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, this this movie, don't expect it to come out anytime soon. I mean, it's doing oh, yeah. crazy pre-production, maybe in two years minimum, probably three years, I'd say. Um, but I guess, I, I mean, this is good. Like like what you just said, getting on with the Toro, his, his hand in anything makes it so much, so interesting and so dark. Yeah. And y you can expect, expect a story like Beauty and the Beast that has been adapted, you know, quite a few times. Um, he's going to throw that that crazy fantasy aspect to it. And I am uh, surprised though that Emma Watson is slated to star only because she's not that beautiful. Ah, yes, <laughs> shocking, shocking. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, if this it's going to be interesting if this is her first big role after Harry Potter. I'm not sure if she, if she if she's supposed to be in any smaller roles in between this and that. Yeah, but yeah, because this is. Yeah, I mean, uh, quite quite a different and challenging role I can I can see hmm. happening with Beauty and the Beast. But hell, hell, if uh, Del Toro's doing it, I'm going to see it. Yeah. So I'm excited. I love me some Gil Do <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Sam Raimi is apparently directing a Wizard of Oz prequel starring James Franco, Michelle Williams, Mila Kunis, and Rachel Weisz. What do you think about that? One? That's pretty interesting. <laughs> Uh, what I think would happen? I want to know the story. I read it that I think James Franco is like the magician, and uh, I think he the might magician. be the Oz character. Ooh, okay, but this is before he gets to whatever land they That's are. That's pretty in. cool. So I think he takes a hot air balloon and he gets lost, and he lands in the in the world of Oz, and then um, 
he, he lands during a, an epic battle between these witches, and Michelle Williams plays the good witch, Rachel Weisz plays the bad witch, and Mila Kunz is kind of like, don't know, doesn't know which side she wants to choose. Now, who is she? Another witch. Oh. They're, they're three witches. Oh, okay. And they're, they're kind of like good versus evil at the time, and Mila is just Now, like this isn't <laughs> the story of Wicked, the musical, right? No, that's just uh, a different perspective of during, okay. during the... Okay, I was just curious, right? like... Yeah, so this is apparently a prequel. I think this is supposed to come out in two years from now. All right. But I find it interesting. Sam, Sam Raimi is an interesting choice for a director for he, a project like this. I don't this. know if I like Sam Raimi or not. I don't either, actually. <laughs> I'm like, like, I can't I say that I, say hate that him. I really like him. Right. But he makes a lot of bad movies. I can't say I don't like him, like you said. But He's a very odd director. Cause it's he's like, very hit or miss, I feel. He really is. I, I love the Evil Dead series. They're very good. Um... For what they are, they're very good. I, I think they're awesome. The Spider-Mans have been, like, one good one, and then one mediocre and one, and one w- bad one. It makes me wonder. I'm like, but he also he directed The Grudge, and right. I wasn't a big fan of that movie. Grudge wasn't that good. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't... Like, they're not bad movies. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like, it's 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 well-directed to a point. Um, I just... To me, he doesn't have the biggest touch on a film. Okay. You know, like he can definitely ma- he can definitely do campy really well. Oh, definitely he could do campy. Um, so I don't know if this Oz movie would be campy or not. Yeah, it's uh, anyway, like when, whenever you want to touch the Wizard of Oz is a very sensitive thing because <laughs> touch the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wizard of Oz is easily one of the most iconic films out there. Nineteen thirty nine, uh, a brilliant film, one of my favorite films, and uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I love that movie. I, I mean, I love that movie too. I just. Didn't expect it's to say so that. So good, so good. Everything about the film is just amazing. That would be awesome if Guillermo del Toro directed that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's one of the only films, or even projects, maybe the only one, where I didn't feel that the entire thing was a dream was actually a cop out. Mm-hmm. If they did that in anything else, I'm just like the whole thing was a dream. I'd be like, bullshit. <laughs> I'm so pissed off. But for The Wizard of Oz, I'm like, it works. I like it. That is perfect. So um. Yeah, Sam Raimi, maybe, maybe not. I guess we'll find out in the future. Well, I, I, I just were looking at his bio a little bit. I forgot that he direct, directed Dragon Man of Hell. I oh, yeah. really liked that movie. It was good. It was I good. That was, but that was kind of campy as film. well. It was. And he, he, he does that very well. He does. He does. That movie was. I gotta watch that movie again. I like that movie. A very lot. entertaining. Yeah. Very entertaining film. Um, yeah, but as, as these these actors are obviously very talented, so they can pull their weight if this is going to be. You know, a movie. You think Mila Kunis is talented? I mean, I don't mean to be rude. Like, I mean, she's good looking, but I don't know if talented is a word I would give her yet. I don't know that I've seen enough from her to to label her as talented. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. But she's never disappointed me in any role. She hasn't been in too many challenging roles. I guess her most challenging role was Black Swan, and um, but, but was that really even challenging? I think so. She kind of played herself. In a way, <laughs> I think she does more comedies than anything else. So this wasn't a com- com- comedic role at all, and um, I mean I, I wasn't laughing during Black Swan much. So, <laughs> but oh, there's the funny Mila Kunis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, obviously she's the least. She has the least uh, showing out of all these actors and actresses, but I think she could hold her own. Okay. Finally. So, oh, no, no, not finally. <laughs> not finally? There's a second oh, to okay. last. Cool. You can read it. 
Uh, buzz begins for the Dark Knight Rises with a teaser, trailer, and posters. Have you seen all these posters and teaser trailers? I've seen a couple posters, but I've been mainly just like the Dark Knight news comes out, and I kind of just ignore it because I'm probably really excited for this film. And the more and more I read about it, it's just gonna agonize me till the movie comes out. So I kind of stayed away from it. But you know, the trailer, the teaser trailer was released, and I had to watch that because you know that's. Legit, <laughs> and it was before Harry Potter. Yeah, well, not in my film. Wow, the three D didn't have that. No, interesting. Yep, very interesting. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> w- when I read about that, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I saw Harry Potter. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you posted on Facebook or whatever. Uh, Google Plus. Google Plus. I am. Okay. I am in the in crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh. Uh, but you posted a picture of the three posters the poster, from the movies, right? They, on the dark, uh, Batman Begins, uh, the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight Rises, right? And they're just, you know, it's cut uh, a section from each of those. The posters. same exact logo. And I, I didn't know that it was the same exact logo, and it's pretty damn cool. That is really it's pretty cool. cool how they reinvented that look three times, and it looks awesome every time. <laughs> uh, I when when I was watching the preview, and this is gonna be hard to describe because it's a graphic. But you see, like, the camera angle go from the streets and aim up toward the buildings, and then it's zooming out, going into the sky, and you see the Batman signal, mm-hmm. uh, like, in the middle of the shape of the buildings. And I was like, holy shit, that's so cool. That is really <laughs> cool. It was, it was, it was awesome, yeah. The, uh, the teaser trailer was very fun, get, getting you excited. And this is what they're going to do. This is, uh, this is the world of the blogs and the world of all these, you know, Twitter universe and everything. Yeah. We're going to get every single little bit of pictures or any any little movie news about this movie because it's going to be the the most hyped up movie when it comes out. So you just just expect a lot of yeah. a lot of this, man. My my fun, I just want to say this because I don't know when the next time we'll talk about the Dark Knight stuff, uh, Dark Knight Rises again. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I can't talk. That's the but, movie. Yeah, I know. But when I say the Dark Knight Rises again, it sounds like I'm talking about a sequel to this film. But that's where I'm going with this. Like, Christopher Nolan is announced that this is his last Batman film, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's like, this is what I had in mind, a trilogy, you know, and all the advertising is like the final movie, but, like, I have a feeling, somewhere down the line, they're gonna make another one of these, uh, and probably with Christian Bale, because I think Christian Bale wants to play this character. Hmm, interesting. Um, but I obviously don't think it will be directed by Christopher Nolan, and I found that really interesting. I don't want Christopher Nolan to do another Batman after this one. I think it's impressive and very respectable that he's like, I'm only making one more and that's it. And like, I've got other things I want to do. Like, first of all, like, he's been kind of this way the whole, his whole film career. He's kind of been the, you know, like, I'm not going to do the traditional, you know, studio things you want me to do. I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna walk to my own beat. He's gonna do his own thing. And right. This is a lot of people off in in the industry, but it's like he doesn't care, and I think that's really cool. It kind of makes me like really respect him as a person. Like he's got his morals, he's got his standards, and he's he's standing up for those things. Right, right. And as a Christopher Nolan fan as we are, I mean, I don't want him to do. I actually didn't even want him to do this third one. I I would have been totally happy if The Dark Knight was his last Batman film because I kind of want him to move on. And make more films like 
Memento and Inception and yeah. you know, those films are brilliant. I well, see, I don't mind it. Like he did Inception in between, you know. Like I would be cool with that if he did a Batman movie every other year, or you know, that was that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I still want to see my my favorite character, Rid- the Riddler. <laughs> uh, you're not gonna see him in this one. I but know, <laughs> I know. But no, this is good. This is, I think he's going to make this final one as hopefully the conclusion of this trilogy. Yeah. And uh, like we've, we've we've spoken before, we, ha- we we don't see too many trilogies nowadays. It's always fourth to eighth installments now. Let's yeah. just keep this as a trilogy and I, I'll be 100% satisfied with it. I don't need a fourth. But like you said, it makes money. There might be a fourth. They're eventually going to reboot it again and uh, you can just accept that. Such a that. mistake. <laughs> Such a mistake. They just keep making money out of it. The Batman series is definitely the best comic book thing out there. It's too good. By far. Nolan's Batman. Yes. Yes. So good. Finally, movie news. Let's end it off with Friday Night Lights. Just ended as a television show. Now there's word that um, there might be another Friday Night's movie. Because as you know, or as you don't know maybe, it started out as a book. The book turned into a movie. The movie turned into a television show that lasted five seasons. And now it's over. But they kind of want to pick off where Coach... And uh, Tammy, Coach Taylor, and the family ended up. They, they they moved to Philadelphia. So now you know maybe they can't. They can literally do an entire new film based on just the, just the family of the Taylors and how he's going to deal with the new team. And which of course he whatever team he touches turns to gold. So it will be basically the first film kind of refurbished and into just new people. And I think it's interesting. Do you think it'll sell? I think I don't think it's going to sub because not a lot of people watch Friday Night Lights, but it's going to be uh, a strong film like the first Friday Night Friday Night Lights was. It'll easily be critically acclaimed like every single episode was in Friday Night Lights. And I think a lot, Rob. You don't know that. What? If it makes uh, if it's made into a film that'll be critically acclaimed. I'm saying it should, if it follows the formula of what they've been doing throughout the entire like throughout the f- past five six years, I can't see it being bad. Okay. It's like I have all my faith in the writers. Yeah, but and movie the critics have a lot a different standard than TV critics. They do. do, they do. But I mean, they liked the first Friday Night Lights movie. It was very good, very good movie. Okay, alrighty. And, and the book is uh, just a bestseller. So yes, I actually look forward to it. And okay. then I kind of wrote down like what other you know television shows inspired movies. And uh, you know, I, I wrote a list here like Transformers recently, the Bora and Brunos, the Star Treks, and even the Simpsons. You know, very. Successful Saturday Night Live. Oh, you only want successful ones. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there's there's a there's a list that goes on and on and on. But yes, um, but I found it interesting that it started as a movie. Well, not didn't even start as a movie, but it was a movie, TV show, and then maybe a movie again. And that's why I wrote down Buffy, Buffy. because that it, it was word that it was going to be another Buffy movie, but that has not come to fruition at all. Interesting. But I'm I'm, I'm I would love like to see Sarah Michelle Gellar <laughs> reprise that role. But has there ever been another? Has that form has that been done yet? Movie, TV show, then another movie. I don't know. And definitely not book, movie, TV show, another movie. It would be funny <laughs> if it was like book, movie, TV show, movie, book. <laughs> circle, right? That would be awesome. Interesting. But yes, uh, I look forward to it if they do do this. I don't expect it though. Do do, do do, because they have to go through a lot of you know copyright crap and just just allowing them to do it, going back to the circles. All right, so we're done. We're done with the movie news. All right, so let's take a little break and then when we come back, we'll do some like chocolate. Like
Flickchart Battle. www.flickchart.com, one word, uh, is an awesome website that compares two movies side by side, and you get to pick which one is better. So let's do it. On the couch. The first uh, matchup is High Fidelity versus Wanted. I can't find a quarter right now. You can use a penny. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you're right. Can I flip quarters and you'd think they always land the right way. Yeah. Or something like that. Okay. I don't want to use my 2011 penny, though. That one's my, that's much for good luck. Okay. All right. So, High Fidelity <laughs> versus Wanted. For me, this is a pretty easy one. I would go High Fidelity. I'm going fidelity. to High Fidelity you. I don't know why when they press that, that didn't work. Next. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead, Dead Man's Chest versus The Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that one. <laughs> American Pie versus Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. Really? As opposed to... I, I guess there isn't really another one. I think one. there is another one, oh, but it's really? like really old. Yeah, I think it is really old. I would go American Pie. Really, Rob? Really? You're hesitating? <laughs> did you see Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yes. Did you see American Pie? Yes. <laughs> Horrible film. The movie's hilarious. I'm going to go Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, God. Heads for American Pie. Tails. Mr. Dang. and Mrs. Smith that it is. is. not cool. Die Hard versus X-Men Origins. Wolverine, 2009. Fail. Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard <laughs> it is. Next is Lara Croft. Tomb Raider versus Jurassic Park. That's going to um, be Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Lion King versus Million Dollar Baby. How do you compare those two? I, I have to go Lion King. Yeah. But it's, that's kind of... That's... Yeah. Tough. You can't compare them, but Lion King is my choice as well. Forrest Gump versus 300. Forrest Gump. What is what is that? I don't that's know. That's the weirdest poster, poster I ever saw. There's a boat and t-shirts. And I like the smiley face, though. Hellboy versus Seven. I go Seven. Siete. Men in Black versus Constantine. I go Men, Men in Black. Black. <laughs> airplane versus True Lies. I go Airplane. airplane. <laughs> A Bug's Life versus Snatch. Snatch. Godfather Part 2 versus oh, Rocky. <laughs> this is tough. Uh, I know this is going to be probably too... F- you, know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you had an answer right away? I did, but then I'm taking it back. Oh. I'm going to say, you put these... Uh, you know... I think it's, it's like this is my thing, right? <laughs> the Godfather Two. Give me a thing. Come on. Godfather Two is such a good movie. I mean, it's well, amazing. Man, we're gonna hear a butt here. It's just like <laughs> I'm picking Rocky. I can't. I can't even. Explain. I'm gonna pick Godfather Part Two. All right. Flip him. It's, everyone's a winner here. That's right. Here goes your thing. <laughs> I totally lost it in the light. It is heads. Godfather. Close Encounters of the Third Kind versus Anchorman. I have not seen Close Encounters. I haven't either, so let's pick a new movie. We could just skip this one. Let's keep Anchorman around. Ah, Anchorman Man wins. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dead Man's Chest versus Anchorman. We're picking Anchorman. Catch Me If You Can versus Clerks. Ooh. I'm mm. thinking Catch Me If You Can. That easily. I'm not a really big fan. You know this. I'm not a big fan of Kevin Smith. I know, but Clerks, though? Possibly. I actually, I think I like Mar a little bit better. You're insane. Mallrats is not... I just had fun with Mallrats. Clarks, I'm just like, okay, it's overrated, but... Um... I, I'm gonna have to show a little Kevin, Kevin Smith love. Go, Clerks. Flip them! Flip Clerks it is. Minority Report versus Lost in Translation. This is an interesting matchup. 
I think I'm going minority report Me too. here. <laughs> <laughs> Zoolander versus Traffic Thunder. Oh my god, we have two Ben Stillers, right? <laughs> we have two posters of Ben Stiller doing ridiculous poses and ridiculous expressions. These are my two favorite <laughs> Ben Stiller films. Oh man, this is tough. Zoolander is by far more ridiculous. I, I would say Tropic Zoolander. Thunder. Zoolander is the funnier movie. Tropic Thunder is the, the better, better movie. Right, right. I agree with that. So what do I choose? I, I, I have a problem because I think I've seen Tropic Thunder more recently and more times because of that. That I'm I'm going to pick Tropic Thunder over Zoolander. But I don't know if I watch Zoolander tonight, my 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 opinion might change. Uh, but I'm picking Tropic Thunder. I'll side with you on Tropic Thunder because I was I can't decide. So you made a decision. <laughs> Shakespeare in Love versus Planet of the Apes, two thousand and one. Shakespeare, Planet of the Apes. Really? Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like Shakespeare in Love. How did you not like I Shakespeare not like that in film. Love? It was really boring. It was not boring. <laughs> it was super oh boring. God, you were crazy. <laughs> Thank God. I just want to go on record. I am from now on going to tell Shania that he picked the remake of Planet of the Apes over Shakespeare in Love. There's nothing wrong with the remake of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that was a good movie. It was an okay movie. What was what was not good about it? Uh, the ending was kind of lame. What? The ending was classic. They they tried... I mean, they changed it up from the classic ending. Yeah. Obviously. It was lame. Are you, so are you going to see this new Planet of the Late Apes movie? Yes, of course I am. You're not going to go see it? No, it looks well, you don't, hideous. Well, you don't see any movies. <laughs> it looks hideous. <laughs> You're boring. Schindler's List versus Order of the Phoenix? Order of the... No. <laughs> Schindler's List, clearly. <laughs> Sin City versus Return of the Jedi. Now, I'm really biased. Sin City is my favorite movie, so I have to pick that. Right. Uh, I know Rob's probably going to go Return of the Jedi. Well, uh, once again, I haven't seen Sin City, so I can't pick. You still haven't seen no, it? I still haven't it. seen it. We picked Sin City. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth versus Clerks. We go Pan's Labyrinth. Guillermo del Toro. Goodfellas versus Twister. I think we go Goodfellas here. Twister was fun, but not Goodfellas level. William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet versus The Usual Suspects. I would just want to go on record and say I really liked Romeo, Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's version. Uh, but Usual Suspects is fucking awesome. Yeah, that Usual Suspects is definitely superior. The Fifth Element versus Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, I I don't think I've seen The Fifth Element. Really? It's Bruce Willis. I can't remember it right now. Um, very space-like. He's a taxi driver. I think. Oh, okay. And then there's the chick who's just wearing like a white strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like white, okay. white strip clothing. Um, very outer spacey. A very cool movie. Great concept and really well done. It's basically an action film set in the future, kind of like right, True right. Lies or whatever. Okay. Uh, it was really good. I, I don't. I guess I'd go Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. That's so. what I was gonna pick, just because I remember it more. I need to watch that movie again though. The Village versus X Men. The first X Men, two thousand. Um, are you picking X Men here? What are you doing? I don't know. If this, I kind of like the Village. I, I, I know both people do kind people of get like down the on the Village, but I thought it was really well done, very well acted, great storyline, and a incredible twist. Not there's two twists in the movie, but the final twist, the second one. Really, I was not expecting it, and I, and I thought really made the movie seem very cool to me. It was really good. I liked it. So I, liked I would it. pick the Village. I because I like X Men, but you know, upon like rewatching that movie, it's pretty cheesy. So I like X Men, but if 
I mean, I'm gonna pick the village. If it was X2, I would have picked X2. Yeah, I think. But I'm right picking the that. village. A couple more? Yeah. Cruel Intentions versus Meet the Fockers. I go. <laughs> I'd go Cruel Intentions. I'm not a big fan of Meet the Fockers. I'm not a big fan of Cruel. In- well, Meet the Fockers is my favorite one. I don't really like any of them. To yeah, be honest. they're okay. But I don't really think Crew Intentions is that good. Yeah, well, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to be upset either way. I'm picking Meet this the Fockers. This is kind of a shitty matchup. <laughs> Crew Intentions. Alright. Hannibal. Oh, Gladiator. Gladiator! Oh, yeah. Alright, we'll do one more. Right, right. You want to pick Gladiator? Yeah. <laughs> the Mummy Returns versus the Shawshank Redemption. Alright, one more. Let's see if we can get a little bit of a better one. There we go. Minority Report versus Apollo 13. It's a better matchup. Yeah, yeah, but I still gotta go Apollo. I know, I'm gonna go Apollo to the team, but it's still a better matchup than the other one. Alright, cool. Alright, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> I thought you were thanking me for listening. <laughs> I am ridiculous. Let's give our information, Michael. Go ahead. We have... <laughs> he just looked at me with a blank face and goes, go ahead. Well, our Facebook page is www.facebook.com backslash on the movie front. Remember last week when you did? You thought you said too many W's? Yes. <laughs> and then you started the email with www. I did. I got so lost. All right. Email is on the movie front at hotmail.com. Right. And we also have a blog. Which is otmf-podcast.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening. And uh, tune in next week, and we'll talk about uh You're going to see politics. Captain America? No, we'll talk about movies. Yeah, of course we're going to see Captain America. Oh, yeah, America. you're going to see it in three. America, Captain. <laughs> when you say America, I, I think that you're singing the uh, America's Funniest Home Video. Oh, no, I'm singing the, the song from... Uh, Team America World Police. Oh, there it's we like go. America, yeah. fuck yeah. Freaking do you, motherfucker, yeah. I don't know lyrics, really, but <laughs> they're awesome. All right, so tune in next week. We uh, heart you guys with a smiley face. Smiley face. Thanks for listening. Adios. Bye. Bye.